Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. The world's just changed so radically and we're all running to catch up. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? The best intentions. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Dr. Malcolm, I have to share a few campfire stories with my uncle. You can convince the Washington Post and the skeptical inquirer of whatever you want. But I was there, I know what happened, and so do you. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Hello, welcome to the September issue of Jurassic Minutes, where we're discussing recent movie, toy, and franchise, new, franchise news for the Jurassic series. And in this case, this is the Battle at Big Rock edition. I'm Brad. And Dave. And on this episode, it's pretty much all going to be about the Battle at Big Rock. Um, plus, if there's anything else, we'll add it later on. Um, but first, David, uh, Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, we got a poster for uh, Battle at Big Rock. It um, started hitting social medias with a, a little um, little sign saying, Do not feed the wildlife. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. announcing that it was coming this Sunday on FX. Yeah, that's uh, Sunday my time. I'm Wouldn't that be Monday your time by that time? Because it's going to be airing prime time during, at the end of Jurassic World's uh, uh, airing on FX in the United States. Yeah, well, just going off your time zone, it'd be about lunchtime Monday here, so... I'll be at work, unfortunately, so I won't get to see either way if it goes live. But they are saying it's going to go online after it airs, so hopefully it'll give everyone else that doesn't have access to FX a chance to see it. I have FX. I I just really don't feel like watching a movie I've seen, like, a hundred times just to watch the short. It's supposed to to be uploaded online, like, exactly directly after it airs on television, so I I can wait till the movie's over just to see it. I don't have to see it live. Plus, I want to screen cap the hell out of it and uh, <laughs> start getting articles up on Jurassicpedia. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's sort of... We got... Um, shortly after, or well, I think the Friday, uh, we actually got a release from Colin and uh, a bit of an interview there. So a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about with the posters sort of pretty much mute now. But it, um, we're, it's referring to Big Rock National Park, which... Colin is saying is about 20 miles from the Lockwood Estate, which is uh, very interesting. It's completely fictional. There's I've been up and down every state park, every national park in the area. There is no Big Rock State Park. But it's funny because there was an interview posted today which where Colin uh, mentions that they filmed it in a Redwood Grove in Ireland. And I had no idea there even was a Redwood Grove in Ireland. I I, I saw that. I'm like, wait a second. What redwood grove in Ireland? <laughs> I thought they only. I thought there was only the Sequoia and Coastal Redwood in, in California and the Dawn Redwood in China. So oh. I started googling. Apparently, it's the Giant's Grove Redwoods. It's like a thousand trees in, outside of Dublin's, um, and they're planning on making it the largest redwood grove outside of the United States, oh, wow. which I think is really interesting because I'm like. Well, that's unique. Yeah, yeah. Well, before, yeah, just before getting to the filming, 
there's I've heard word that there's a redwood grove here in one of my local state forests. Um, it's only about eight or nine trees that someone planted a long time ago. Um, really? I'm, I'm yeah, I'm definitely making it my mission now to find <laughs> to find this grove of redwoods because if they're <laughs> if they're growing here locally, then that's that's something I definitely need to see. But mm-hmm. filming in Ireland, when you back in January there was filming going on in Ireland, and I always assumed because we always had battle at big rock there was no national park after and i was assuming it was some sort of pride rock set up uh there was some sort of landmark or rocky feature in ireland that they were film, filming around around and the dinosaurs were there but to have an actual filming in ireland for a redwood forest that we know is in eureka maybe going to eureka would give it away too much but even yeah i was thinking i was thinking that the same thing like ireland Nobody expects you to film in a redwood grove in Ireland. I mean, like, everybody goes to the redwoods and they're like, oh, Jurassic Park, you know? I well, mean, that's like a dead giveaway. That's exactly right. If we'd, if we'd heard in January that they were filming in the redwoods without knowing anything else, then we instantly would have said sauna. There's something yeah. there's something going on. We're going to get a short prequel here or, or something. Or even something post uh post-Fallen Kingdom because all the dinosaurs ran off into the Redwoods. Exactly, yep. So it's interesting that they've sort of been able to um, elude speculation by going to Dublin and filming there and not um, not doing Eureka and and all of that. But it's set, to, uh, it's set to take place about a year after the events of Fallen Kingdom, so it might explain why we have a few more animals here than we see an escape from... Uh, from Lockwood's estate, but um, eight-minute runtime apparently, which is mm-hmm. pretty short. I thought it'd be 15 minutes, but then if it was going to be on the front of Hobbs and Shaw, you wouldn't want a large. There's a lot of Pixar shorts that go for a lot longer than that on the front yeah. of the movies. I mean, you can tell some great stories in five minutes, five to ten minutes. I've seen some great stories told in that time frame, but I mean, like you, I kind of expected 15, 20 minute long length. Which would be closer to the kind of um, runtime block you get in a half-hour time block, but maybe that's just me being greedy. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose we can look at the plot too here. Um, what's been announced is pretty much it's a, a family camping trip is uh, going to turn into a fight for life and escape the dinosaurs that are settled in the local forest. So we know for the longest time Colin's been wanting to do that uh, that whole imagine a neighborhood and that forest over there imagine if there's raptors or dinosaurs in there you know they're there it's just like a, a common occurrence now that the animals are in there don't go near it mm-hmm. i do find interesting little sign next to the tree here's got the jurassic logo that t-rex logo with the cross through it i ghostbusters but maybe yeah. maybe the international sign for dinosaurs in the area is that jurassic logo it's it's like the apple logo you see the apple logo you know exactly what it means you see that logo you need I doubt it's even movie-related, period. I think it's probably be more that it's just for the marketing poster, you know? Okay. Well, that yeah, that leads to... They also see a, um, a shot of an RV being towed into the forest as well, so one of the uh, mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes shots here does show they seem to be inside some sort of RV or something along those, although it almost looks like a building, but... We could speculate a lot about it. It's, it's going to come out uh, in the next couple of days, so we can, uh, we'll can we definitely be reporting back and doing a full breakdown when it comes out. Um, 
interesting that uh, both Colin and Emily Carmichael have worked on this. Colin directing, of course, and Emily wrote it, which she's the well, they're both working on Jurassic World three, and it's pretty much mm-hmm. assumed this is going to tie straight into it, which seems a bit early since they haven't even started filming Jurassic Park three, uh, Jurassic World three yet. You'd think. Well, I can see it definitely coming back to theaters and being in front of Jurassic World three when it's released, just as that little jump back into the universe. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking it's going to be more of a standalone thing. I doubt it's going to tie into Jurassic Park 3 at all, or Jurassic World 3 in any way, you know? Yeah. That's all right. We'll get to see it. Apparently there's a, uh, there's a massive animatronic that brings us right into the action in it as well, so mm-hmm. it's good to see that um, maybe some of the stuff they had left over from Fallen Kingdom or maybe something new is uh, is going to show up in the action here. Personally, I'm hoping Allosaurus animatronic, or even Nasuceratops or something, you know? Well, it'd be pretty easy to sort of let uh, the animatronic Allosaurus, for instance, get um, swallowed up by most of the budget, because then they can easily reuse it on Mm -hmm. on Jurassic World 3, which is only a year or two away, so... Yeah. And I think I might have heard somewhere, uh, either, either say I'm right or wrong on this, but... Stan did. Stan, I think I heard that Legacy Effects did the uh, animatronic in this. That'd be interesting. We know they. I done, swear I heard that somewhere. Yeah, we know they've done the the IRX Indominus for uh, Jurassic World, and they did they did the Indoraptor and like for Fallen Kingdom, didn't they? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That was that was um I think Neil Scanlon. Oh, okay. I think his name is. Yeah, Neil Scanlon, he's, he's the guy that, uh, he's the British visual effects guy. Oh, okay. And then, uh, one more thing I did hear about this was that it's, um, the cinematographer is the same guy that worked on the Kong Skull Island movie. So, oh, okay. that should be interesting because she did a very, or he did a very good job on, uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, I always felt that Battle of Big Rock it was referencing Big Rock, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. there is a national forest, or not a national forest, there is a uh, state forest in uh, Big Rock, near Big Rock, Illinois. So I'm like, hey, maybe it's uh, dinosaurs are in my my neck of the woods now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, and that's just how much that title's sort of thrown, thrown everywhere, I think. I, don't, I, didn't mm-hmm. see any, I didn't see any sort of chatter that it was actual redwood forest <laughs> or any forest. No, I didn't. I didn't either. I, I mean, you hear it was filming in Ireland. Like I said, dude, who thinks Redwood Forest when they think Ireland? Mm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, we'll uh, we'll end this little uh, little speculations segment, and uh, we'll come back next with uh, our thoughts and feelings on the battle at Big Rock. Oh yeah, ooh ah, that's how it always starts. But then later, there's running and, and screaming. Oh. This is a slightly different situation. Hold on to your butts. Here we are, a week later. David, uh, last week, um, which was only a couple of seconds ago on the podcast you listened to, but uh, Big Rock has come out and aired, and wow, that wasn't what I was expecting. No, it was... It, I thought it was really, really cool. It was... Um, the, And we discussed this on uh, one of our records that it's at Big Rock National Park, which doesn't actually exist, and it's really interesting. It's apparently um, 
uh, man and his uh, wife and his three kids. He's got a uh, yes, yeah, yeah. It's got a baby, which it's interesting because it's a mixed race family, and the father is African American, the mother seems to be of Latina descent, and um, the son who isn't given a name in the show, but from a tweet from Trevorrow, he gave us a couple of the names that aren't actually mentioned in the um, in the short itself. But his name was Matteo, mm-hmm. and judging by that, I just say I I'm assuming he's probably the mother's uh, by birth. Uh, the mother being Mariana, one of the few named characters in the uh, in the short, and the daughter Kadasha who's also I sort of named. I mean, it's kind of garbled uh, as everybody's talking over each other. She is the father's, Dennis's, uh, by birth. Mm. And the two-year-old, the baby, seems to be within the age range. I think that he possibly could be um, a uh, recent addition that is both the mother's and the father's, uh, Mariana's and Dennis's child together yeah we do get that drop later on that um they've been together for two years so that that child <laughs> definitely seems to be a um a result of the uh the new coming together of the family the two families uh, yep yeah but we'll get into them in a little bit um as, as you're saying a lot of the stuff naming wise you'll get from uh colin tweeting or um possibly imdb as well we only get two maybe three names in the short itself which is a shame because a lot of my notes I have the father, the son, the daughter, um, or Mariana because she's named. But um, there could have been little bits of uh, dialogue just to let us know who's who and, and that sort of thing. But then one of my other issues, and we'll get to it later on, we start breaking down the uh, the film itself. Is unfortunately just the eight minute runtime. They need to get a lot of dialogue in there to let us know what's happening, what's going on. Um, a lot of the uh, narration or play by play by the daughter just. Oh, that's a that's a Nesseratops or that's an Allosaurus. It's a carnivore, and <laughs> just just letting mm-hmm. letting viewers know what's actually going on. But we'll get to that in a minute. You brought up the redwoods when uh, when we started, and we sort of only learnt the last couple of this last month that the uh, the filming in Ireland was at the redwood grove there. And I think last record, me and you were both definitely excited to see the redwoods return to the franchise. Mm-hmm. And my biggest problem here is it's a night shot, but again, being at night, you can get some of that atmosphere. They've got the smoke or the flame, the, like smoke from the fire and that drifting through the camp. Um, yeah. <clears throat> One thing I did like about the lighting, though, that I believe is Larry Fong, as I've mentioned, I think I may have mentioned in one of our previous records that it was Larry Fong who's doing the cinematography in this, and he did that. He worked on Kong Skull Island, and he seriously looked like he did his homework on this um and this show because I mean <clears throat> the lighting at least against the trailer it is like this kind of bluish whitish lighting that's very diffused and very soft and it has a kind of a high contrast and is like the exact same lighting that Dean Cundy worked on the original Jurassic Park as the cinematographer did on uh, another movie, uh, two other movies he did, Halloween John, with John Carpenter and Halloween 2 in 1981. Hmm. And it's the same kind of harsh contrast with soft light with this bluish-white tinge. And it's very, very good at creating this kind of moonlit 
kind of lighting glow on a on a textured kind of corrugated uh, surface. Yeah, even later on in the uh, in the film, we've got the abandoned Land Cruiser there, which we'll discuss when we get to it. But the fact it's got um, it's not the original headlights in that thing, and it's it's setting up a lot of lighting as well for that uh, for the fight between the two, between it lighting the scene and the fire lighting the scene mm-hmm. as well. You've been doing a lot of work, or a lot of team over at uh, Jurassic Pedia, dot com have been doing a lot of work over these last few days and this last week. Uh, Pedia mm-hmm. articles are up for. Uh, the Lockwood Manor incident, um, the Big Rock National Park, and the uh, it's Natsu, Nasudoceratops, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the Nasudoceratops. Uh, have you got an Allosaurus one, or is that was that put up when Fallen Kingdom came in? Yeah, yeah, Allosaurus was put up for Fallen Kingdom, and we also got a couple characters up: the mother Mariana Kadasha, the daughter, and um, Greg, the guy that Kadasha. Uh, Borrowed the crossbow from for the finale. <laughs> oh, check off's crossbow. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that, and just looking at some of the articles here too, and as a bit of a recap from uh, the last record, we know this is set one year after the events of the Lockwood Estate incident, and we're about 20 miles from that area. Uh, still being in the Redwoods here, I was going to ask the question, um, how, where is Lockwood's Manor situated in the US? We know it's Northern California, how far away from that Eureka and that sort of area is it? Is it further north or? Five miles from, uh, it's five miles from Oric, California, which also has a PD article. I kind of snuck that in because I visited it. I've been through it many times when I did my Redwoods trip earlier in May this year. And so it has like little cafes and little, little, it's a small town. Very, very small. It's, Five miles from Lockwood Manor, uh, which doesn't ex- ex- actually exist, I should add. But <laughs> yeah, it's the fictional like location, I should say. <laughs> What's that? I should say the fictional location of Lockwood's Manor. Yeah, but the actual, but or California is actually an actual town in uh, Northern California, like right in the heart of the Redwoods, and it's like very scenic. It's very scenic, small town. Less than four hundred people live there. And it's and Orc itself is kind of like dead center between Crescent City and Eureka, California, which are two larger towns within Northern California, about forty-two miles between each. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's all right because there's some questions later when they start discussing where other incidents that have happened and that that I need some clarity on, and this sort of gives a lot more clarity of where where things are in relation to each other. Um, uh, it, it's interesting because Kadasha does mention a or no, as Mariana mentions the incident uh, that happened north of Big Rock National Park, and I assumed that it was more um, like something like it was a separate part of a like a separate um, uh, what, what would you um, national park yeah. that that it had occurred there and it wasn't actually referring to the Lockwood Manor incident. No, I didn't I didn't think it was related to the Lockwood Manor incident at all, but it's just sort of if it's if it's at up north then they've got to be further south of Lockwood, maybe. It or could be. But, uh, yeah, there's kind of a like a very large swath of backwoods right there that's some of it's taken up by um 
uh, what was it called? Um, I think it's Klamath, uh, Na- Klamath National Forest or Klamath uh, National Park that's around there. And I got pictures of that when I went through there because one of the highways does cut through that area to get across the state east-west. Oh, okay. And I got, I got into the redwoods over the mountains through there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, also, too, uh, Colin hinted at the uh, the big animatronic making its mark in the uh, film, and we've learned this past week as well. We've seen the photos as animatronics. They're built for both animals, so we'll, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see if we can spot them <laughs> while we're going through as well. Definitely on mm-hmm. the uh, the first couple of watches on the smaller screen, I couldn't, but once, we, uh, once I started getting up to a bigger screen things become a little bit more clear and um, I think it was some great work with the animatronics in there. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, definitely. The, they were confirmed, uh, they were produced by Legacy Effects who mm. did the animatronic in Jurassic World and is basically the company made up of a bunch of ex-Stan Winston Studio employees. I think it was actually set up by Stan Winston's son. Um, can't recall his name at the moment though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they... They did some fantastic job. I just wish they had released the photos not in black and white that we actually got to see those colors, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's... I wasn't going to talk about them on the uh, Jurassic Minutes on their own, but just as the theme of the night would go, uh, yesterday when I was out shopping, I found the the Allosaur and the... uh, the pseudoceratops uh, in my local store, so I picked them both up, and I've put some photos up online of those two out having their own little fights. But uh, just the colours on the two animals—if if the on-screen uh, versions were coloured like this, it would have been real nice to see. But mm-hmm. again, dark and black and white photos and animatronics sort of match what we see in the in the final film as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did kind of feel that that was one of the things that detracted from the uh, short itself was the fact that. It seemed to be lit very darkly, and I feel like that was a intentional choice, just because it kind of helped hide the fact that, for one, these were just animatronic heads, and you and um, the one shot we get of the animatronic Allosaurus head is the, a frontal shot of it kind of growling at a uh, in, at a human baby as it's strapped and trapped into a high chair. And so I think that having it lit darkly like that kind of hid the fact that these were just, they weren't full body animatronics, they were just the head sections. Yeah, and I think the other thing too, which we're addressing, it's it's no fault of the film itself, is just the fact that it's an eight minute feature, so it's not going to have a very large budget. They needed to, as good as the CG looks in, in it, they're doing it at night time, let them sort of, not cut corners, but just hide uh, a lot of the stuff we do yeah. it does get pretty dark when we get in the trailer later on, later on and you can't see a lot of the allosaurus but uh i think for the budget they would have had um it definitely looks looks the part anyway mm-hmm. oh yeah they definitely did an excellent job with uh it wasn't exactly like a huge budget but it was kind of like a small i wouldn't even call it a fan film because i mean it was actually under the universal logo but at the same time, I mean, it was much smaller budget than a full film, and even kind of a small budget even for a short, you know? 
Well, that's where the fandom continues to amaze me because I've, I've seen a lot of posts during the week uh, of people saying, wow, that's a great fan film and that not realising until talking in fan groups that it was actually a, a prop, officially made uh, product. <laughs> um, again, I suppose just not really having any uh, named characters and that sort of thing would make it feel like that. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, get to, we'll get to later on just uh, the uh, Friday the 13th sort of feel of people vanishing without a noise or stuff like that um when you haven't got a big cast you're not going to show a lot of people we do see some at the start here but uh they they disappear pretty quick um so yeah a lot, all those uh pedia articles are over drastic pedia.com go over check them out i'll include them all in the uh show notes for this episode as well um so go over there lockwood incident battle at big rock uh or big rock national park the I'm guessing the Alisor one would be updated with some of this new information as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So head over, check that out. Also on the run sheet, we've got uh, JurassicVault.com have uh, 128 screenshots up from the uh, film as well, so you can check out the thumbnails there. And I've got a link to uh, to another to a YouTube video that um, we'll discuss a little bit later on, which just sort of shows you the uh, how uh, delicate trailers are <laughs> when they're uh, in accidents but um, I'll bring that up in a little bit more time uh, Dave ready to get into the battle at Big Rock sure turn now to a terrible tragedy caught on tape Families watching a veteran animal trainer play with the tiger he raised from birth. When the animal snaps, officials investigating tonight as the trainer fights for his life. A zoo under fire for shooting and killing an endangered gorilla instead of tranquilizing him. After the animal dragged a child around its enclosure, the child had fallen into that enclosure. Officials are now defending their actions. The kickoff of GMA Survival Week and try to imagine coming face to face with a grizzly bear. Terrifying and potentially deadly, but there are some things you can do to increase your chances of survival in an encounter. And ABC's Matt Gutman is here with more on this. Matt Dutel. See? Charred on the outside and juicy on the inside. That's my secret recipe. <laughs> you get back indoors. They got bears out here. All right, so we get the open with that Universal logo, and then I do love uh, what we get the reveal here is the Universal name fades, and we get the uh, the landmass sort of showing the uh, the Tyrannosaur skeleton head uh, from the main logo. Oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely love that. Why couldn't that have been Jurassic World? And these these next three films all had that as the uh, the intro logo with Universal because. It just says Jurassic World perfectly, where you got the world, the globe there, and you got the Tyrannosaur skull. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't have done that. I don't know, but it definitely looks really, really cool. I, I think that was like one of the first impressions that I really had that this was going to be something else different. It was yeah. going to be something special. They better use that for Jurassic World Three. Now that the now it's done and made, the assets are there and made. <laughs> they better use it again because I'm a sucker for studio logos taking part of the theme of the film or whatever else. Um, mm. Even, yes, Waterworld with the world sort of swallowing up the landmass and uh, might be my number one favourite sort of Tron, just Tronising the uh, the Disney castle and a lot of stuff like that. Um, and it's yeah. no different here. I just Great start. 
Uh, but then we transition into those uh, Amblin credits, and uh, we start to get some news reports in the background, which, again, just nice little bits of fill-in back backstory for uh, what's been happening since Fallen Kingdom and the, uh, the dinosaurs being out on the loose. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a, there's a mail newscaster saying, uh, residents are alert this holiday weekend after free sightings, all too close to comfort. Um, and then we get a female uh, that says, eyewitnesses say uh, the pseudoceratops had a baby, which... I, there was a triceratops with a baby in Lockwood Estate, wasn't there? So we, we yes, know, there was. Yeah, so we know some infants did escape. The uh, mm-hmm. but the uh, the man's voice comes back on again, saying police investigating what the family claimed to be a near death experience, which again is just building that um, there's it been instances in the uh, the real world and it start starting to get close to fatal. And the uh, the female finishes out with uh, this could be the first dinosaur born on U.S. soil. Mm-hmm. In a way, I kind of felt that this almost had a Texas Chainsaw <laughs> kind of tone to it, where, like, you like you know how the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie started out with, like, a newsreel showing an, an officer going into the uh, basement of the, of the uh, Texas Chainsaw house hmm. and finding all the body parts all over the place? Well, it's normally a theme for a lot of horror movies, and especially when you get to the sequel, where they'll play newscasts of um, 14 still missing on a highway south of Texas or or stuff like that, where oh, yeah. sort of doing little recounts of what who went missing or what, what happened in the, in the previous film. Um, yeah. Whether it's police finding a, a slaughter or something. So it definitely sets the mood here. Um, it's a good little bit of uh, backstory as to what's coming on. Um have the pseudoceratops having a baby yes that's going to come in a little bit later but it also sort of puts a point forward that the animals are breeding um unless it was pregnant before it left nublar but it's um i think with what we see especially at the end credits and what we're probably going to get in jurassic world 3 the animals need to breed because the uh population that was released from lockwood manor probably wouldn't uh wouldn't expand as much as they'd hope for uh for the third film mm-hmm but uh, that's when you get title cards come up. Uh, again, the same sort of ember, um, little bits of embers flowing up through the black screen and pretty much the similar font that we get for Fallen Kingdom, just without the CG lava, which I was glad not to come back. <laughs> but again, that's an asset they would have used for that film and they've brought mm-hmm. it back here with uh, with the Battle at Big Rock title credits. Yeah. I wasn't really sold on the uh, ashes of the... Um... Uh, of the sparks on the on the logo, just because it wasn't really it didn't really have anything volcanic to do with this uh, short, hmm. but I did like the idea of the embers on on the logo transforming into the embers of the barbecue. Yeah, yeah, it does. Sort of, and even the the, uh, the big rock title credits have got sort of the bottom of the credit, the font is glowing that red, like it's, there's a heat source underneath. I don't think the Fallen Kingdom was exactly the same as that. It was only once the lava went through it, sort of had the lava cracks through the uh, through the, the logo. But <clears throat> but yeah, we do get that transition to hot coals under the grill and uh, a burnt chicken leg, <laughs> and we can see it's dirt uh, burnt. The uh, the dad tries to play it up uh, as um, no, it's just Chicago style, which. David, you're a uh, you're a Chicago um, resident. How do you like your burnt chicken? Mm-hmm. Um, not quite that crispy. <laughs> well, it's charred on the outside and juicy on the inside. He says. 
<laughs> we we do have a thing in Chicago where we make barbecue chicken with um, kind of charring the outside, but no, that, that's clearly just burnt. <laughs> well, that's 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 the whole the whole uh, point of grilling, barbecuing, and grilling is to get that sort of nice char. More so maybe on steaks than on chicken itself, but you, you always see chicken breasts and that at the restaurants and that, and uh, with the, mm-hmm. the charring across across it as well. So yeah, um, but the daughter's not uh, not really impressed with it and says that's not a secret recipe. <laughs> that's when the barber tells her. <laughs> so I love, I love how she just shakes her head like that and bobbing her hair. It's adorable. Yeah, yeah, and she's holding the tray there with uh, the rest of the burnt chicken as well. So. Um, it's obviously the father's been sitting there saying, I'm going to cook some of my favourite <laughs> secret recipe chicken, and now that uh, the last bit goes into the container, she's like, that's not a secret recipe. <laughs> 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 uh, which is good. It's good to get a little bit of humour here to start off as well, just yeah. especially for how uh, <laughs> frightening things are going to get later on. Ooh, ah, and then later there's running and screaming. We're definitely going to get to that. <laughs> but we follow the daughter as she walks back to the uh, the family trailer. Correct uh, description for this. I know RV or trailer, we call the trailers in the Lost World, but they're self-propelled. The ones you tow along without um, having a vehicle on, you'd call them a trailer as well. We call them a caravan over here, but like for the, uh, the purpose of the description, I'll just call them a trailer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, that's basically what we what we uh, uh, pretty much call it. It's a we call them campers mostly in my neck of the woods, but I'm not sure if that's colloquial, colloquial or just what people call them. That's all right. I'll stick with trailer. <laughs> That'll be right. All right. Um, but as she's going over, we uh, we cut across the father sees a neighbour and camper there with his RV set up, and he's sort of sitting back in his deck chair, enjoying. Uh, got the blanket out, and uh, he says, "How are you doing, Greg?" Which I thought he said, "Craig." Oh, yeah, I thought he said um, "Gray" to start with, but apparently, according to uh, Colin, his name is actually Greg. So. Um, yeah, I thought his name was Gray at first too, or that's what I thought I heard, and I'm like, "Wait, is he just reusing names?" Or, and then I thought I heard. Uh, Craig, yeah. and then I looked. I actually looked on IMBD and it said Greg. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's Greg, isn't it? Yeah, I think the daughter, the daughter later on when they, I think when they're talking about the crossbow, actually, I think she says Greg there, and I, I, that's when I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and was sort of questioning what his name actually was. But uh, he's just sitting out. We don't really get much more of him after this. He's sitting out uh, enjoying the night and uh, replies that he's just surviving. And then he mentions that there's going to be a meteor shower tonight, which I thought was something interesting. If uh, if everyone's out here camping because of the meteor shower, mm. I don't know how you'd how they'd go staying in a redwood forest where you're probably not going to see the sky. <laughs> no, you really wouldn't because I mean, especially because because this is like a more communal campground where there's a section of more bigger trees. In the campground I stayed in, they had a communal section kind of like that where they had a spot for campers exclusively and then a spot for for more tent lakes uh, area mm-hmm. where I was in. And either one, you're kind of very enclosed in the amount of space that you can see. I mean, I had a smallish space that I could see if straight up looking up through the trees, but that was it. I wasn't going to get a great view of the sky. But at the same time, my, uh, my campground did have a prairie area that you could probably, if it was a nicer night, it pretty much misted every night I was there. 
put on a nicer night. I'm sure you could take out the telescope, see some great stuff, you know? Mm, yep, yep. And the trees here, there's, there's a fair bit of space between the uh, the trunks and that here that we can see in the camp. There's some fairly large areas that are sort of open, but normally once uh, when trees are this far apart, they uh, they do fill in with the canopy a fair bit as well, so... Mm-hmm. But he sort of looks up the sky and says, yeah, that would be something to see, which maybe... Uh, Maybe hinting that um, your night's going to be a little bit more exciting than a meteor shower. But uh, we also get here too, which normally night shots, we, we've seen a lot in The Lost World, and that when you are filming at night, there's always a big spotlight somewhere. Uh, this, in this case, it's hidden behind that RV, just sort of a bit of rear lighting light the area as well. And mm-hmm. you also got, we do see a bit more of a camp here, and you do see uh, sort of like the, um, uh, the party lights, the different coloured party lights hanging between the trees as well. Yeah, I kind of like that. I'm sure the uh, Rangers wouldn't have liked that, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a nice idea. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he tells Greg, if you need anything, come knock, all right. Mariana's brought a little bit of everything, and then he walks into the trailer, which sounds like the uh, the wife's packed packed the kitchen fridge <laughs> and the sink and everything else. Uh, yep. Yep. Well, I kind of did that. I mean, that so much with food but with more supplies i wasn't sure what i would need and being like two thousand miles from home i I couldn't just go home and grab it you know yeah i either have to buy it which i really didn't want to do or bring it and that was pretty much what i want i did Mm. you know yeah and that's i I normally always take more food than i need (laughs) most of the time it it defrosts and i gotta put it back in the freezer which is a no-no um yeah, it's it's one of those things, and especially when you've got a family here, normally, especially when you're going out to a camping trip like this and you know it's communal, um, you do you do sort of have a little bit extra, because um, we get a nice panoramic as you're saying it too, which gives us a good view of the larger camping area, and as I said before, those coloured lights hanging between the redwoods, uh, we get to see the large fire pit and some campers sitting around behind it, one bloke sitting there playing the guitar, and... Um, there's an orange and white combi combi bus parked over beside another another redwood, so the the backpackers are over there camping, and it's blurry, but you can see sort of large or two large picnic tables end to end with probably about uh, 15 people around it all serving up their own food. So we know it's sort of that dinner time. That's that maybe six to seven o'clock at night, and uh, there's a lot of people in the back background here that we don't really get to see much more of. And if it's not the uh, the meteor shower that's got everyone here, maybe it's a it's summer, it's a long weekend or something, um, mm-hmm. which has got everyone out in the out in the uh, redwoods. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's, if it's supposed to be set where is where it's like happening now, September is a great time to go to the redwoods. I mean, you still got a lot of the summer heat there, a little bit of a nip in the air, but that's perfect. Yep. And you got uh, September. You got a lot of fog too, you know. In well, the redwoods. That's when Spielberg filmed. Yeah, yep. And we do see it a little bit later when the animals are sort of fighting each other, and that maybe some of it's dust, but I, I do think some of it's sort, sort of fog still lingering around as well mm-hmm. as the sun's going down. But yeah. we go into the family trailer, and it's pretty chaotic. It reminds me a lot of uh, the start of Home Alone, <laughs> where you just got several different conversations going on. Um, Poor Mariana's trying to get them all seated and food served at the same time, and the brother and daughter are at the table playing cards, trying to uh, mm. having some sort of attempt at a magic trick. But again, they <laughs> yeah. argue and argue and fight. She throws the cards at him. 
I like how she just looks straight at her dad uh, and says, he can't do magic. (laughs) (laughs) Which I wonder if it's the fact he can't do magic or she's just saying, no, that's not my card, that's my card, just to prove, just to make it look like he can't do magic. (laughs) Out of spite, maybe. (laughs) Um, That's when Mariana says, uh, hey, we've been a family now for two years and uh, I'm very grateful that we all get to be here together now, right? Which... Makes me wonder if the uh, the work relationship or something at home maybe they're not at this home together all the time. If this is this is sort of a holiday they've got around away on and um, and sort of savoring the fact that they're together. Because um, I mean they could yeah. could be one of those working relationships, you know. Yeah, because the um, she says right and the father clears his throat and says, yeah, I know this is still new, but we are a family now and that's a gift. We need to look out for each other. And that's when uh, Mariana smiles, and it's sort of it, okay. It's two years, maybe. Maybe they've only just got married in the last couple of months or something. But sort of after two years, the, the fact that they're if two separate families come together, it should be it should be a lot more common, or they should um, it shouldn't be as new as what he's sort of saying here. Yeah, that's just that's just me getting bogged down the dialogue. <laughs> um, you mentioned at the start where blending family, we did see that back in the Lost World with Ian and Kelly. I don't know if it's something they someone really wanted to push for this. I don't really, I don't really care. I don't really mind. It's 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 here for the story. Um, I don't think it really needs discussing either way. Nah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even know how to address I, that. <laughs> I will mention though that I've seen a kind of disturbing number of voices in the fan. In I mean, not like any kind of like notable or or anything like that. Just random. Uh, people kind of mentioning, saying, oh, mixed race family, I mean, how PC, it's 2019, mixed race families exist, you know? And that's, yeah, and that's why I brought up the Lost World, it's it's been happening for a lot longer than um, those high and mighty people want to bring up <laughs> the stuff yeah. like that, so. Just wanted, just wanted to get out of the soapbox, right? Yeah. I'll get off the soapbox. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, but Mariana suggests playing Best of Day, and with that, the daughter jumps straight in. She's excited to uh, let them all know that uh, Greg let her pay, fire his double crossbow, which I just <laughs> love the reaction here. <laughs> you can hear, we're sort of looking at the father, but you can hear Mariana in the background, sort of, what the? And then um, the, the father looks concerned and uh, says, what the hell, and turns and yells out the window, Greg, you don't let my eight-year-old shoot a crossbow, man. <laughs> Which I'll, I'll the same thing. Even though even though family members and that have have weapons, have rifles and that sort of stuff, and mm. we've been on camping trips where they've let the uh, the kids fire fire the twenty two and that, which I've got no issue with. But as long as I know it's happening before they just go and do it, <laughs> just so you can make sure everything's being kept safe and that, uh, especially something yeah. like a crossbow, you don't want bolts yeah, going you don't through things <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, outside, while sort of this is happening, you can hear a little bit of commotion going on. Uh, the woman yelling, and sort of just that sort of noise of stuff being knocked over as people are sort of running, <laughs> running away. Um, and you can also see at the window that there's no one around the fire. Yeah. Considering he just tried to yell out to the to to Gary next door, um, there should be a lot more commotion that we can hear, especially if there's a bit open window or something, and even mm-hmm. a woman screaming or something. We don't know how much they see. Maybe they just hear the noise and, and run anyway, not knowing. Maybe someone come from another camp and said it's coming this way or or something. But mm-hmm. 
So well, a lot of it, a lot of it, what attracted these the animals there is you can see when the Nasidoceratops, uh, the adult female, first shows up, first thing she does is try to go after an open cooler. Mm. You know. Yeah. I mean, you consider it, they're just large bears. That are, you know, mm. bears in the in the forest all the time are notorious for just wrecking cars and breaking into dumpsters and stuff for, for to scavenge food. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Especially if it's been been to other camps before. Like, as you said, it goes straight for that cooler. It knows, mm-hmm. it knows it's a source of food. But uh, outside, you can also hear dogs barking outside as well, which is the, is the main sound we can hear. But Marianne asks her husband, where is everyone? And outside, there's uh, more crashing of things, people yelling and dogs barking. As the, the family all looks out the trailer window, but Everyone's completely deserted the area. Uh, there's still cars parked there, so no one's even tried to leave in a car. No. You don't see you don't see that telltale swinging of headlights as someone's turning around, getting the hell out. No engines revving or anything like that. It's like everyone's everyone's just ran into the into the into the bush <laughs> into the forest. <laughs> but uh, outside, we take that we get a look back towards the trailer as uh, snorting can be heard, and we get a blurry snout into the frame and. As it focuses, you can see the uh, large beak, and it snorts again. And then the uh, the Pseudoceratops makes its entrance. Yep. I was nearly waiting for a jump scare here. Going off Jurassic World, where we had the, the raven's foot <laughs> come in, um, I was half expecting this beak to be a, a parrot's beak or a bird's beak, and then have it fly <laughs> off to reveal <laughs> the Pseudoceratops. But no, it's uh, here, and from what Colin said, this is animatronic here as well. Yeah. And it looks good. I did not know when it took Colin to tell me, which good work. That's a mm-hmm. great blend here. Yeah, it really is. Mariana says, "Oh no!" and turns off the uh, lights above them, uh, which is which is funny because she turns the light off and the fire sort of lights them brighter than what the uh, lights were inside. But she continues. It's one of them, which uh, maybe she's seen one of the news articles and that and. Or maybe she sees it's a dinosaur and is fierce, mm-hmm. fearful of it. Well, she almost says it with a tone of contempt, like yeah. she she's like, "It's one of them," yeah. you know, like like she's just pissed that this animal is ruining her family vacation. Which makes you wonder how many other occasions have happened in this last year where they've either got into camping camping grounds. We know from the daughter later that they've been near the school, so maybe just the um disruption of life you got to stop and hide or stop and run away or whatever else whenever these animals are come near just so you don't either attract them or don't uh, don't get um injured by them but uh we cut to the, the pseudoceratops outside playing around with that cooler as i said before and it's um it's lit by the fire and as i said before the cg looks good here mm-hmm. very good yeah even just the, uh, the interaction with the cooler tipping, like sometimes when they haven't, uh, they can't do all they can. You can sort of see, okay, someone just push that cooler over and the snout's nowhere near it or whatever else. But it, oh, it looks pretty good here. I can't fault it. And this is where we uh, we start to get uh, exposition by the daughter saying it's a dinosaur. Uh, no, someone in the background. I don't know who. I think it might be the son. Asks, is it supposed to eat baby? Uh, is it supposed to eat people food? And the daughter says, uh, "It's a dinosaur. It eats what it wants." <laughs> Which is true, especially when you come to the carnivores. <laughs> yeah, but the father looks to Mariana and uh, asks, "How did it get? How did it get all the way up here?" 
Um, which, again, if, if there was an incident to the north, um, how to get up here? Is that coming all the way up here from Lockwood Manor, or is, does he think it's come from Costa Rica? I'm assuming that Lockwood Manor at this point is public knowledge. Well, no? that's that's one question I'd love to know. Does the world know about Lockwood Manor? Yes, we suddenly have a outbreak of dinosaurs on the U.S. mainland. Yeah, was was all that discussed? Was there a hearing? Was uh was the area sort of tried to be cornered off to stop the animals escaping even further? I, I mean, those are good questions. But personally, I mean, I'm just assuming that at some point somebody found out that um, that people were going to. I mean, that dinosaurs got loose on from this property and are now migrating across North America. Mm. Well, again, there's no except for word. There's no one really to lose um, with that knowledge coming out. Because Lockwood's dead, Mills is dead. Anyone that sort of had anything to lose with the animals being released from Lockwood Estate mm-hmm. uh, aren't here anymore. So yeah, I hope I hope some of that's addressed in full, in Jurassic World Three. <laughs> I hope. But um, the daughter continues. They migrate, and uh, there was one in the woods near my school, which <laughs> gets them all looking <laughs> at each other as well. And Mariana says the rangers said they just should just stay calm and wait for it to go away, which the rangers seem to know about uh, these animals coming in and out of camp. Maybe there's flies at the front gate when they come into the national park, or um, or in, in, uh, what would I say advertisements on TV. Hey, if you go and camp in this spot, don't feed the pseudoceratops or don't feed the bears. Sort of something similar to how how it currently goes with um, with bears and wild animals in parks. I'm not exactly sure how that how that happens over there. The interesting thing, though, is is that I mean, like we were saying earlier, it just does what it wants, though, you know. Yeah, and that's when uh, Mariana looks to the father and says, "You know what happened up north?" Up north, and he says, "Mm-hmm." So the daughter daughter sort of comes in and says, "Well, those were carnivores. This is a herbivore. Uh, that's a the pseudoceratops." Um, mm-hmm. The brother asks, how do you know? And she says, because of the horns. And that's when uh, mm-hmm. they start the fight, but the father tells them to shush. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's cute, though. I mean, that's this little girl. I mean, that's just a kid thing, though. I mean, these kids are amazingly good at knowing these dinosaur names. I was at the museum yes, uh, the other day, and, yeah, these dinosaurs, I mean, these kids just know their dinosaurs from, like, the moment they can talk. And it, it goes all the way back to the original Jurassic Park. Alan, mm-hmm. Tim, Tim, can you tell where they are? Gala, Gala, Gala Yeah, the kids, kids know all this sort of stuff, and that, mm-hmm. that's that's why one of those jokes in um, in Jurassic World where I think when they caught the Irex, Indominus Rex or something, Alan scoffs and Claire says, mm-hmm. "Can you imagine a kid trying to say?" Whatever that word, long one is. Um, Archaeoornithomimus. That's like, the one. Yeah, yeah. And he's well, like, "Are you trying to say it?" <laughs> yeah. But well, kids can say that. Exactly. I mean, it, I mean, there's these are complex Latin-based names, and these kids rattle them off like it's nothing, you know? Yeah. Yep. I remember. Yeah. I rem- I remember. Uh, Grant in the book admiring that kids are able to do this. He he flashes back to a 
time he was in the museum and he was listening to kids just rattle off names like Stegosaurus and Tyrannosaurus Rex, Deinonychus, all these Latin-based names that adult most adults have trouble trying to uh, discern one from another, and these kids just prattle them off like they're part normal words to use in a conversation. And even even just a daughter like coming straight out with um with the pseudoceratops, I still have trouble saying it. So <laughs> she she says it eloquently and uh, and again sort of lets everyone know. Um, I wonder also too because she's seen the news reports, maybe maybe like the Bigfoot video <laughs> sightings of uh, of it and the baby leaving camps or something. Although in a in two thousand nineteen with everyone having cell phones, I think there'd be a lot more. You just imagine YouTube would be just bloated with uh, with dinosaur sighting videos, or people trying to pattern, people trying to do stuff, and the next uh, the next YouTube um, stars would be out there doing stupid <laughs> things in front of dinosaurs. <laughs> it makes me remind me of the uh, of the. You ever see that picture of the sign? Uh, don't ride the Triceratops, and, and underneath this is, I do what I want, or try to stop me. <laughs> I can imagine that. After a few drinks, hey, let's go ride the Triceratops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I could definitely see it. Um, I think the, uh, we don't really know a lot about what the uh, what that carnivore attack was up north. Um, it'd be an interesting story to tell. We don't know if there's going to be more uh, more of these short short films. I think what we see at the end suggests that there probably won't be. But I hope I hope it's um, I hope they do at least another one or two. We got we still got two years before Jurassic World three, but there's some time to fill in there. But um, outside the big animals joined by another a baby, possibly the uh, the same baby as mentioned in that news broadcast, unless they're just really starting to breed now and this is another another uh, family. But um, it starts playing around for torch, and everyone in the trailer sort of gets smitten by the baby playing. And again, really love the CG of the baby here playing around interacting mm-hmm. with that torch. Um, yeah, the baby, the baby is really, and I like how it's designed too, because that wasn't originally leaked. We got a um, leaked file image of the CGI model of the Nasutoceratops and the Allosaurus. Oh, I want to say a month or two back, but. The baby was a really nice, cute surprise, and I was, and like the family, I we were, I was happy to see the baby. Hmm. Well, that's we never see enough infants. We got we got sort of the petting zoo in Jurassic World, and then the baby Triceratops in uh, in Fallen Kingdom. But it's always good when you see some of the younger ones as well, younger animals. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the classic. Ooh, <laughs> that's how it always starts. Where they're just sitting here looking out the window, admiring these animals, uh, not thinking anything's going to happen. And I do love how we get sort of a touch of the, the, the Jurassic World score here playing as well. We, did, we didn't really mention it on the opening credits, how we got the original Jurassic Park introduction score there mm-hmm. playing as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. that or we both forgot to mention that mm. at the very beginning with the credits, we got that um, spooky Jurassic music. And I thought it, I liked that part too. Yeah, yeah. But it's sort of odd, like, they've got two films now of um, Giottino's 
library of uh, score work he's done for Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, and here it starts with the that Jurassic Park theme. Um, we get some little notes of Jurassic World through here, but then we end out, and we'll talk about when we get there with uh, something from the Lost World. So that normally happens when you bring in someone that's not the original or what not the normal composer. They uh, they normally just take take aspects from uh, the film, like when Colin took over, uh, not Colin, when um, Giacchino took over for Star Wars. There was a lot of that in there where he was just taking themes and doing his own little things with it here and there, but um, we can mention that later when we get to The Lost World, because I think that's the one that's <laughs> bastardised, no, not bastardised, edited the most. <laughs> um, outside the... the, the to that, uh, large animals suddenly began honking loudly, and I had to turn the sound down, because <laughs> the sound mixing was really loud on this animal honking, and Mariana says something's wrong, and um, we pan past... Greg's RV and focus on a patch of the forest there and again that mm. sort of mist just bellowing in and the lights of that Land Cruiser. Um, I did like the uh, honking noise that they made for that kind of warning call for the Pseudoceratops though. That was something we've not really heard in the Jurassic Park movies before. Mm. Was that call? Was that kind of sound? And it's it's a sound you'd expect to hear. Like when we done the uh, they're running into the into the herd in Jurassic Park Three, like you get a lot of the, the score playing in the background. You don't really hear the animals honking and um, making noises in in um, uh, like in distress or letting the herd know that there's danger. Run, they just sort of take yeah. off. Um, but that's when we uh, get the Allosaurus appear emerging from the dark. I've been talking to Jay Jurassic. He couldn't come on for the record, but uh, he's um, he thinks it's sort of well, well, it does look better than the one in Fallen Kingdom. It's still sort of the same sort of design, uh, which he's mm-hmm. not really a fan of still. But um, it slowly walks across the uh, the campground roars, and that's when uh, the two big animals circle the fire, sort of squaring off against each other. Um, mm-hmm. Inside the uh, the daughter's plot dump continues. The son asks, "What is it?" and Door says, "Allosaurus, definitely a carnivore." In sort of a scared voice, and outside uh, the Allosaurus grabs the baby by the head, <laughs> and inside the trail, everyone's fearful. Of the baby, uh, the father says, "It's okay. This is <laughs> just nature sometimes." As he looks, <laughs> I mean, to... he's right, but at the same time, I mean, even I was like, "Oh, he's gonna eat the baby." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's sort of they they tried to do that in Fallen Kingdom with the uh, Pteranodons coming and trying to pick up the baby Triceratops and that. Mm-hmm. Where okay, we didn't actually see him carried away and eaten. We're here. Whether uh, well, the baby escapes, but having the Allosaurus bite down on its crest, you'd think would uh, cause a little bit of damage at least, especially when it's sort of forcing it down towards the fire and that into the ground. Um, one's a lot stronger than the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's frill does save it though. I mean, mm. for all intents and purposes, that evolution still works. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, that's right. The Allosaur drops the baby and it sort of scurries away from its jaws, and the carnivore lunges forward and only hits the fire, sending embers into the sky. And that's when uh, the two two adults come together. Um, then the Ceratops ramming ramming its horns towards the carnivore's stomach. Um, again, it's got those big those big horns on its head, much like Triceratops had. Mm-hmm. It, it's its main defensive weapon, and they're probably a little bit better at reaching vulnerable areas than what the uh, Allosaurus's hands are or jaws. Um, 
but I love inside the trailer, Mariana tries to keep the kids calm and puts her uh, puts her hands over the daughter's face, and uh, the daughter just sort of pulls the <laughs> pulls the uh, the hands out of the way. She definitely wants to see what's happening outside. <laughs> um, as they're sort of impacting her in and um, going against each other outside, we notice the uh, the door to the trailer slowly sort of goes open as well, and the father looks over there curiously or consciously and sort of reaches over and closes it, which I thought may have been a little bit of a nod back to Timmy closing the Explorer door, but don't do it. You're yeah, gonna attract, I, you're gonna I swore that this was... <laughs> What's that? Oh, don't attract, don't close it because you're going to make him look your way. <laughs> I know, I swore that was going to be Timmy Door 2.0, but he actually really just really smart. He he bends the handle so that the latch inside doesn't um, make a noise when he closes the door and then he releases the latch once the door is already closed. I've done that a couple times with um, when I'm trying to keep quiet in the, in the night so that <laughs> I uh, don't wake anybody with my door closing. Yeah, yep. But outside they break away from each other and um, the, the Pseudoceratops starts to walk back limping and uh, someone says, oh, it's hurt. And that's when uh, Mariana puts her hands over the daughter's face, uh, saying maybe we shouldn't watch this. <laughs> and the daughter immediately pushes her hands away so she can see what's happening. And that's when the second the Pseudoceratops enters from the forest. Um, we don't know. We don't know the uh, sex of these animals. I'm, I'm guessing the the one that was there to start with the baby was the female, and this maybe is the male coming in. But I think mm-hmm. the CG models are pretty much identical, so there's not real. Yeah. The one seems to be a bit bigger than the other, but yeah, I, I just when I wrote the article for the uh, characters viewing the attacks, and I wrote it from the different characters' point of views, I kind of kept it ambiguous because you, I wasn't really sure either. Yeah, there there should be some some differences between the males, maybe bigger horns or something like that. But um, I think again, just the budget having having just doubling or copy and pasting the CG model of the, mm-hmm. uh, of the parents here, it's fine. We don't really need to know whether they're male or female, but uh, it coming in sort of yeah. tips the tide. It, it comes in, crashes that uh, Toyota Land Cruiser aside, which is a 80 series cruiser, and that would have been pretty much the uh, same model they would have had in Jurassic Park if uh, Spielberg didn't go for Explorers. So Yeah, that was a, a very, very... Uh shifty callback that i mean i did i really didn't even notice and i thought i picked up most of the callbacks in this uh in this short here yeah and i wonder i'd love to maybe not come out with tweet a list of what actually were callbacks or what were intended callbacks but i wonder how many of these are actual callbacks that colin inserted into the film here and what what we're just <laughs> assuming are callbacks and it's just the way sort of they done things, and by dumb luck, they uh, managed to find a Toyota Land Cruiser <laughs> of the same mm-hmm. year to uh, to get on on site. But um, but the the two two adults uh, and the baby back away out of the area, and the Allosaurus just stands there and lets them go without following. Or he knows uh, going up against two is an unwinnable situation. And, uh, in the trailer, everyone stays quiet until the baby screams, which... <laughs> oh, bad baby, bad baby. <laughs> the, uh, I, think, I think we're both groaning here. Yeah, yeah. You were saying before about the uh, the father closing the door quietly. I, 
I know he would have preferred if if the closing door uh, was what attracted her, not the baby screaming. But it happens. The Elsaw turns his head sharply at the sound, and the two parents try to calm the baby down, tell the kids to get down on the floor. And as they continue to try and calm the baby, we can see past it, out that window, as the uh, Elsaw is walking directly towards the trailer. And uh, at no point do they try and get the child out of the high chair. They just sit there and um, sit there and try and calm it down. Mm-hmm. And that's when the the big carnival impacts the trailer, pretty much right where the window joins the frame. But the window spider webs and movie magic here. The uh, trailer rolls over onto its side, and we get a couple of those similar shots from inside the trailer. Uh, fixed cameras. The uh, trailer goes over, which yes is a lot like the uh, the RV going over in the Lost World here. Um, not that I was kind of wondering how they did it because in the Lost World is kind of implied that it took two fully grown tyrannosaurs to um, to basically completely uh, ninety degree flip a trailer. No, it would have been about yeah eighty degree flip a trailer to um, uh, from its side to on its ceiling, and it was. Maybe that trailer was a little bit bigger, but still, I mean, this Allosaurus isn't that powerful. No. Especially not compared to a Tyrannosaur. Yeah, and being able to knock it over onto its side would be a lot easier than getting it to then roll over again onto its roof that, like they've done in the Lost World, even though you've got the two yeah. Tyrannosaurs there. I mean, again, it's it's the difference between on film and, and the actual prop or production, because I think those trails mm-hmm. were 8,000 pounds each or something like that. They'll, they'll heavy, and it's one of the big reasons why it's hard to drive it around now without it overheating and all that sort of stuff but um my my issue here is the fact that it impacts the trailer enough that it shatters the window and can roll it but doesn't go crashing straight through the wall of the trailer. Yeah. these these things aren't built that uh, that strong um i've got a link here to that caravan of the trailer being destroyed in a rollover any any search on youtube um trailer trailer um trailer fails or anything like that you'll see them go over and they just explode when they uh, when they roll over so i i do appreciate that we get that sort of tension of it going over um and just all the uh, all the stuff inside much like the lost world falling out of cupboards and all that sort of stuff as well um i mean yeah like you said you appreciate the callback but at the same time i mean you look at the trailer and it's like Mostly, most trailers that I've been in, at least, are taller than they are wide. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got one, I've got a, I've got a smaller one out here, and you could go up to it and push on the side and the whole, the whole wall <laughs> moves, so. If, I reckon if I had a decent hammer, I'd probably make me way through the wall really easy, or an axe, but, um, but then even, even the weight too, like. These, these, that trail there being a tandem, it probably only weighs a ton, ton and a half, maybe. Um, all loaded up, if it was a camp going away for a family trip, it might be two ton, but I think the, uh, the Allosaurus would have been able to roll it, but I think it would have also exploded. It would just push, push straight through the window, but... Um, but then again, you can't, you can't have the uh, characters exp- uh, uh, being blown up inside of a inside of the main characters being blown up inside of the trailer you know well yeah we've got to wait until later before we get the destruction of the trailer and we can't have them die this early 
But uh, as all this happens, we get the cut to black, and that sort of cut to black lasts a little bit before we come back into the trailer as Mariana sort of rolls over, regaining a little bit of consciousness. And uh, I do love... <laughs> I just weird. Everyone's knocked out. <laughs> um, kids have a, a real high threshold for pain and being smashed around. We know even... Timmy getting thrown off the cliff into the tree and all that sort of stuff. He threw up. He didn't. We don't know if he passed out. We know in the uh, in the novel the kids sort of blacked out and that um, from the impact. But here everyone's knocked out. And I do love the effect here of those playing cards just sort of drifting, floating down in the breeze. Or from I'm guessing where they were on the kitchen table. Um, yeah, I kind of took though that i mean the impact of it flipping over on its sides and then onto its roof so suddenly that it kind of just shifted everybody around and conked them up on the the heads you know mm, yeah well especially when they weren't expecting a lot the two parents were sitting there trying to calm the child and the kids were laying on the on the floor so no one was expecting the impact and, no. and it does look pretty violent like i reckon there would have been stump people in that in that rig when they rolled it over but we pan forward and we can hear the baby crying and calling out for daddy. And as we focus on a, on the child, we can see uh, those jaws of the uh, Allosaurus coming into view at the uh, rear window. And mm-hmm. we briefly get its POV as it looks down um, and looks inside the trailer. Inside, the father wakes and sees the animal. He shakes Mariana's shoulder and she wakes also. And they look in fear at the big animal outside. And that's when we cut to the baby still fastened to his high chair as the uh, Allosaurus pushes in through that rear window, which I don't know if the pushing in through the window was the animatronic, but when it's in here and sort of has that window frame around its head, that's the animatronic there as well. Yeah. I think it was the animatronic that pushed through the window. It would have Hollywood's kind of been doing bro- uh, broken glass for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It'd make the most sense, having, having it interact with the trailer and push in. Um but the parents are quickly to get to their feet and start trying to free the child. And uh, while they're sitting there working on it, you can see the baby's clearly looking at that animatronic. And I think some of the uh, the fear and crying would be real in that ch- poor child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the the Alisor tries to push in further into the trail, but it's sort of held back by a piece of the framework, which gives the parents enough time to free the child and move deeper uh, towards the front of the trailer. And... Uh, this is one of the clear animatronics I noticed straight up was just it's sort of stuck in that window frame and its jaws opening and closing. It sort of reminded me, well, it's maybe not the best, but remind me back of uh, Jaws when the animatronics on the back of the, show, back of the boat is just sitting there going backwards and forwards with its jaws opening and closing, going dang, 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 dang. It's sort of waiting for someone to fall in its jaws rather than going after people. But... Um... We get the son here, kick out the roof hatch, and the daughter manages to jump out, but the uh, big animal pushes further inside, and the others can't escape, and they're uh, trapped up at the uh, front of the trailer. Um, and as we will saying earlier, just with the CG here, it's pretty dark in here. We see it sort of fresh its head back and forth, and supposedly most of the animal would be inside the trailer by now, since they're uh, mm. almost up the other end of it. Yeah. That's when the uh, the father sort of grabs a piece of metal off the uh, the trailer as it's falling apart and starts swinging it at the dinosaur, um, sort of getting between the animal, the animal and the uh, and the rest of the family. And 
Mm-hmm. He sort of he swings a couple of times and stumbles back, and as he stumbles back, Mariana pulls him aside and steps forward and jams a finger down that big fire extinguisher, putting a nice stream of white carbon dioxide in the animal's face. Which I just love how sort of using everyday items here to combat dinosaurs. We're not we're not on an island with Landstrad air rifles and <laughs> highly sophisticated stuff to uh, in defence. We're here with uh, with an everyday item like a fire extinguisher. Yeah, the fire extinguisher. I wasn't really sure what she expected to do. Maybe blind it long enough for them to get away. But I mean, it clearly wanted them. You know. Mm. Yeah. Well, it, it gives them a chance here. It sort of acts, reacts violently to it, and swings its head back and forth and pulls out of the uh, mm-hmm. of the trailer. But or destroys whatever trails left and pulls out and sort of gives them that. I don't know if it runs out or if she just stops for a moment to wait and see what happens or or what happens here, but the fact that it pulls back and sort of, if she was to keep on going, they'd have the chance to get out, but I, I wouldn't try and, I wouldn't like to try and have to outrun <laughs> outrun the, the animal, especially when no. you've got the kids there. Um, you're, sort of, you're sort of in one of those doom situations. My issue with it is the fact that she's screaming while she does it, <laughs> sit there and <laughs> doing doing the willing scream of "this is going to work." <laughs> but uh, yeah, whether it's empty or what, uh, everyone's standing out in the open here, and the other source roars at the two parents, and we get that sort of shot back, uh, reminiscing of the uh, the Trenosaur roaring in front of the volcano, or other such shots like that, where you get the uh, mm-hmm. the carnival roaring and the parents sort of holding their weapons up. In self-defense, in one. Last I believe that shot was was a direct reference to one of the Harryhausen um, dinosaur movies, where you where you got a caveman. I think it was trying to fend himself off from a dinosaur with a spear. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which kind of reminds me of the line. Um, that Gray says in the in Jurassic World when he says this that this would be like what it would be like if dinosaurs never died off, humans just living in fear all the time, you know. Mm. But it's a great shot, just like the silhouette of the Allosaurus here. You got the fire burning in the background still, and um, I do I do like it. But then, uh, just as the animal's about to lunge forward, an arrow shoots forward and hits it just below the eye, and then a couple of seconds later, a second one uh, impacts it just in front of the eye, and it sort of doesn't like it very much and swings its head head around, and you can tell it's in pain when this happens, but uh, the parents sit there and watch as the animal staggers away, kicking a bike into the fire as it leaves, like, oh, you shot me, I'm going to destroy your bike, <laughs> even, even though it was already stood on or trampled in anyway, but... Um... This is sort of another thing I'd like to come out of a post-Jurassic world too, is I know here and over there it'd be the same with bears and that in the wild. Um, animal rights activists and all that, and rangers and that sort of condemning injured wildlife uh, hunters going out with bows and, and hitting animals, hunting and not necessarily killing the animal and finding the animal elsewhere, either wandering around with the arrows still hanging out of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, the allosaur or dinosaurs are probably a different situation, but I just wonder how this would... Um, how this would go in a post-Jurassic world. That is an interesting question because, like, for example, the Tyrannosaurus, I think just about every hunter in the United States would be grabbing a shotgun and going after that, you know? Mm, yeah. But if you're, if you're 
caught out hunting it, and the ranger sees it sort of staggering around with a chunk taken out of its leg because you're using solids in a shotgun or something. Could you be <laughs> could you be charged with animal cruelty or to a, a tyrannosaur which has no has no ifs or buts? If it gets you, it's going to eat you. Whereas mm-hmm. if you fire a weapon near a bear, maybe okay, it's going to run off scared or whatever else. It's not. It's not an eating machine that's going to keep coming for you, or a velociraptor that's going to viciously tear you to shreds. Mm-hmm. Another good question because first you got to ask the question: Do um, do extinct animals have rights? Well, yeah, that comes right back to Fallen Kingdom again. In the, the Lost World, you yeah, know? yeah. And another question would be: I mean, I'm sure that they could probably charge you for hunting on federal lands, or poaching or something but animal cruelty would be that would be a questionable charge i would think that would be something interesting for the courts to decide Mm. it's funny you bring up poachers or or just big game hunters the rollins or the not so rollins of the world Mm -hmm. and even even someone wanting a um a big Big herbivore like the, the pseudoceratops <laughs> head on their uh, on their wall. Maybe again, two thousand nineteen. There aren't as many hunters that sort of do that thing anymore. I suppose uh, there there is a lot out there. So yeah, it makes you. But they're very. You they get they get a lot of social disapproval oh, yeah. these days. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It just makes me wonder if there's more out there than what there would be animals. <laughs> everyone's everyone's sort of heading to. Uh, to California to get their own trophies here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where was I? Do-do-do. The two parents realise it's leaving and sort of kneel down, checking each other over. Neither think to check the baby or the son. <laughs> it, I don't know if it's just the acting here, because they're not really acting like parents. There's no... It takes a good while before they... Um, before the... Uh, Mariana sort of looks forward and gestures for the sun to come over, because um, they're sort of they're sitting there checking each other and they're all right and embracing, not uh, really remembering that their daughter went missing moments ago when it jumped out when she jumped out the uh, the hatch on the roof. But after making sure they're both okay, they look over to see the daughter holding Chekhov's crossbow standing there, her eyes wide. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is sort of she said earlier that she was allowed to fire it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I I took that as Greg held held it and she was allowed to pull the trigger or something. He made sure it was pointing in a safe direction, either towards a target or a tree, and let her pull the trigger. This sort of uh, may suggest that she's been doing target practice or something with it, or maybe she just got lucky. <laughs> I'm thinking more target practice... And I'm going to, and I mean, a lot of people have been saying, well, how did she pull it back? How do we know that Greg didn't keep it in condition one, you know? Well, how do we know that? I mean, there's nothing more use, useless than an unloaded crossbow in yeah. a fight. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would not surprise if he had that weapon sitting there, especially if this is not a normal occurrence. Maybe they haven't been in this area, but big family families sort of camping out here. Maybe Maybe bears would be a normal thing or something. Or he's just one of those paranoid people that always has to have a load weapon <laughs> sitting around. I mean, so. not to judge a book by his car, but he did have the mountain man beard and 
all that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, no, exactly. <laughs> um, but they wave her over in the free hug, crying, and the father asks if she's okay, and the mum says, you did such a good job, honey, <laughs> you did a good job. And, uh, and that's when the baby starts crying again on cue, and we can see the brother holding it, so they're off to the side in the front of the trailer somewhere, and... Uh, it's only now the mother calls them over, and the family sits in the front of their ruined trailer as the camera starts to pull back. Um, we get that score of those drums starting to pick up, and we pull right back to see the ruined trailer. Uh, there's fires burning anywhere, and uh, Greg slowly emerges from his RV, which... <laughs> Welcome back, Greg. We, we could have used some more of those <laughs> weapons. <laughs> <laughs> which, it's sort of... That's when we cut to black, and that's the uh, the film itself over. I think we could have had a death here. Maybe maybe Greg could have come out with that crossbow initially and got eaten, and that's when the daughter seen it sitting on the ground. That's how it got loaded. But then again, we only have eight minutes here, so there's, yeah. a, lot of, there's a lot of things I mean, they could have done. <laughs> there is a lot of things they could have done. The only thing I don't like about this ending is how it feels so inconclusive. Like, I mean, even just a slip, slipping a line in there where uh, the dad says... All right, pack up. We're going. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, or even the kids. The kids joking. Can next next year? Can we go to Florida or or, or something like that? Yeah. Um, and again, just because of the short runtime too. Just. But now what? <laughs> I want to see what happens next. I want to see the ranger pull up or or something else because we sort of start to get to see the people come back in from their hiding spots here, but. Uh, that was the film itself. Before we um, get into opinions on the as a whole, we got some uh, something I was not expecting at all, and that's uh, what we got here. I think we got four, no, five post-credit scenes. <laughs> um, as the uh, as we come from black into the first scene, we get a modified version of that uh, track one, the Lost World from the Lost World soundtrack, which um, was good to hear back on the uh, big screen or on the TV again, but um, um, these end post-credit scenes, I think I enjoyed more than the film itself. Post-credit Some of them, yeah. Is, I mean, uh, like this first one that we have coming up was probably probably one of my favourite parts of the whole thing. Yeah, and, and no? learning how they, what they've done to achieve it, like, credit one, post-scene one is a young girl running around sort of a cattle farm in the yards and She's got two compies chasing her and uh, chirping, and she makes for the gateway, and then a third one blocks and cuts her off, and she turns around and starts running back towards the person holding the camera, crying loudly and clearly frightened mm. out of her mind. And when I seen it, the very first time I watched this on my phone, I thought she was laughing as they're sort of running around chirping at her, but no, <laughs> she's definitely scared uh, and yeah. frightened. And I seen... think originally... The video was ducks, and that's why that's why it was thought it was supposed to be funny. But clearly, it's something a lot more tragic is about to happen. Well, we know that as as fans of the franchise, know that um, <laughs> this isn't as uh, funny. Like I'm sure the parents are laughing behind the camera <laughs> as this poor girl's being chased by compies. But um, yeah, this is the first of just that re repurposed footage of. Um, the little girl running around and, as you're saying, being chased by ducks, which would have been honking and nipping at her, at her heels as she's running scared. Um, as, as as dangerous as it is, it is still... <laughs> I still love... It's funny to see. Um, and just, we got compies. Confirmation that, um, well, we've seen the compies 
jumping over Mill's car or escaping with the outer animals at Lockwood's Manor. Here they are. Um, only three of them, but I'm sure there's a lot more. We know they're uh, the rats, <laughs> the rats or the mice of the uh, of Nublar and Sauna, so I'm sure there's a lot more of them out there. Um, anything else on that you wanted to talk about? No. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that one. I mean, All right. it's obviously my favorite just because of the copies, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, these all these little shorts here are, I mean, there's not a, a ton to say about them. Yeah, yeah. Well, post-credit two, and we get a dash cam footage on, I'm guessing it's a Subaru X just looking at that bonnet scoop on it. Um, as it comes out of a tunnel, uh, and we can see a stegosaur lumbering across the road in front of it. Um, did I not look right or does this look like more that lost world with the higher tail the tail did seem higher i thought too yeah mm. but it's not quite as high as the lost world it's a little bit of a, a fix from the Jurassic world <laughs> design, yeah it seems to be like midway between the two yeah but uh it looks like we're up in i'm guessing like the californian hills up in sort of yeah it's near la i think the original footage was the Amazingly, this one, all they had to do was the Stegosaurus. The guy uh, had hit the brakes trying to go around the corner, and he just hit him too hard and ran himself off the road. Yeah, yep. yep. And the, the date on the video, too, is sort of showing us that this is a current um, a current video that was taken. Mm-hmm. Pretty much when... Uh, well, the original, I think the original was in, like, March of 2016 or something like that. But, yeah, they fudged the date to make it look more current. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, as you're saying, the, the car here brakes hard and veers off to the left, and we get that that, spe- that tail of the Stegosaurus sort of swing down low and just miss as it goes over the roof. But uh, at this point, the damage is already done, and this one probably scares the hell out of me the most out of them all, is, is that car skidding completely out of control towards the side of the road and hits the mound of dirt and flies up over the side and starts tumbling end over end <laughs> down that steep hill. and. You see a lot of lot of movies, a lot of James Bond in that in those hills where cars leave the road, even even maybe Fast and the Furious as well. Where those roads are precariously high on cliffs and, mm-hmm. and that. Well, unbelievably, the original dash cam footage uh, from the original crash. Um, the I saw the newsreel footage from it, and unbelievably, the guy came out with I think just a broken bro- leg or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we see as it sort of does its first couple of tumbles down, it's not it's not doing it at a great speed. And I think in one shot you can actually see the bottom. It's not a very high hill here. He goes off, so... Um, and it's, yeah. Um, and also, as you were saying before, if the only asset they had to include was the Stegosaur, well, you're using sort of dash cam footage. They could make it a little bit lower quality. Um, mm-hmm. And that way they don't have to do a lot of rendering that on the Stegosaur as well. Um, but then uh, we get post-credit free, which is apparently an advertisement for Woodard Rod Company in... Um, is that Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was Alaska when I, when I first read it. But, uh, yeah, they do fly fishing rods and that, and we got three men in a fly fishing boat here um, on the river as a parasol office drinks on the riverbank behind them. And, again, just repurposed footage from one of the advertising campaigns and... You can clear, you know it is because none of those men are watching or <laughs> seeing that uh, big dinosaur drinking from the water. Um, but it's a great looking area, great looking shot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then we go to post-credit four, which is something I never want to see in a franchise again. <laughs> we get the, the great white shark leap from the water, chasing seals out of the air, and we do know that sort of happens. There's a lot of online photos and that or film, especially some of the documentaries of sharks leaping from the water, chasing seals. But just as it grabs the seal and starts to fall back towards the water, we get those big jaws of the mosasaur coming out and showing that it's only got one trick in its vocabulary, <laughs> or one trick in its book. It sort of does that leap out, grabs the uh, shark and the seal and eats them whole yep and and uh it's only because of fans once again with the, like the uh previous couple uh footage was shot for uh, discovery channel off the coast of new zealand so if we're to think this is um meant to be new zealand and that uh mosasaur is getting around mm-hmm. i still say that it's probably more off the coast of guadalupe mexico or something mm. yeah it'd be It'd be easy to understand it'd be staying to the warm water. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'd be going down to the South Pacific and and, and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll see where she ends up probably in Jurassic World 3. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get uh, post scene 5, which is personally my favourite. Uh, we get a video at a wedding, the bride and groom each holding doves. I'm not sure which religion this is practised from, if it's... Oh, I don't even want to mention any... <laughs> um, I don't, know, I don't even know if it's religious. Oh, it'd have to be a religious thing, wouldn't it? Throwing the doves in there. No, I, I think it's more of a wedding tradition thing, releasing the dove, the white doves. Uh, a lot of a lot of times they also throw rice or stick the oh, yeah. cans behind the car, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's probably, probably not even religious at all. But uh, as they take flight, a small on sweeps down out of nowhere and snatches the bride's dove. <laughs> <laughs> and we sort of get the, the camera sort of swing around a bit here as the person recording tries to uh, shoot the animal as it sort of flies back up into the sky which that would absolutely scare the crap out of everyone and <laughs> again it just shows that the pteranodons are out there causing issues as well yeah I love it <laughs> I think it's funny yeah but um but that's that's the uh, the whole eight minute feature, Dave. Um, I don't know. As we as we mentioned a couple of um, records ago, this was originally supposed to be on the front of Hobson Shore, and I think it's a good thing they pulled it off it and uh, just released it to uh, TV and online later on because I don't think those sort of the same audiences. I don't think a Hobson Shore audience would either appreciate it or be interested in this. Maybe I don't know. Yes, it's universal, but I don't know how how it would have been seen if it was put on on the front of that film instead of uh, what they just done here, put it after Jurassic World. We've already got the the fans and people watching watching the film on TV for those that got to watch it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I mean, like you said, I don't think the Hobbs and Shaw audience that you get for that movie would have um, really appreciated it. Plus, Hobbs and Shaw really, really did not do well at all. It wasn't well received by critics or audiences, and I think that would have hurt its uh, its popularity as well because you would have had to uh, buy a ticket for this kind of so-so movie and end up maybe just staying just for the short. <laughs> well, we know how committed fans are. Just go back to '99, like it was when um, when a lot of fans were going to see. I can't remember the name of the film now, but just to get the uh, the Phantom Menace trailer and then leaving again. <laughs> so fans do it. I'd, I'd, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, 
um, releasing how it did, it ended up trending, I think, on Twitter as, like, number two. Yeah. I know it trended on Twitter, and no, it was the second highest YouTube uh, trending video for, like, a for like a couple days. No, that's good. It's sort of being being released on TV and then online as well. I was sort of trying to figure out how how you'd gauge the success of it, whether it's praise from the fans or how Colin would know or the, the production company would know, hey, this this was really good, it was really well received mm-hmm. and maybe let's do another. Um, maybe maybe um, expand on some of those um, post credit scenes. Maybe we get get a short of the uh, family visiting a ranch, and all of a sudden <laughs> their uh, daughter's being chased by compies, and the fun leads to a uh, horror as she's attacked or something. Um, I'd, personally, I'd love to see more. I'd, I'd, um, for the most part, I enjoyed what they uh, put up here. Unfortunately. They um, being so short, not having the uh, characters named in the film apart from two was a little bit, little bit uh, rough. Um, yeah, I mean, like like you said, I think that next time we definitely have, make a little brighter, make it a little longer, and a more actually naming the characters. Yeah. But yes, I would definitely love to see more. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, my, my initial disappointment was just, oh, it's over. <laughs> I want more. And then the same... I know. <laughs> the same with we're the, fans. Uh, we're, we're, we're allowed to be a little greedy like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the same with the Redwoods. It's like, oh, no. You've gone all the way to Ireland to shoot the Redwoods. We we, we talked a little while ago about how, how you could return to the Redwoods and not make it sauna. Um, the fans <laughs> might think you're back in sauna, but just having RVs and camps, just like we see in this short film... Um, mm-hmm. And how you could go back and still have that atmosphere of the sauna redwoods, but be on the mainland. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, sort of going with a uh, redwood grove in Ireland, like I said, is completely unexpected. Nobody thought about it, and nobody really felt like it was sauna. You know? Hmm. Yep. Well, it does seem open. I know from a lot of the photos you took when you were over there, like the grove of redwoods seemed a lot more closer. Um, mm-hmm. A lot more claustrophobic, maybe. Where again, it's night time, but these sort of seem seems like a lot larger, uh, a lot more spread out. Um, well, at the same time, it was a campground, you know. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. you you wanted to have, be more spread out. It was it looked a lot more like that when I was in the uh, campground area versus in the hiking spots, you know. Yeah, let, yeah. You're not you're not fitting half a dozen trails in the spot where Dita. <laughs> put his rifle down to go go number two so like that's, yeah that's all dense dense sort of stuff there so mm-hmm. um so unsurprisingly that location was right behind the campground Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah but that's uh that's battle at big rock dave i don't think yeah. there's much more we can add to it um yeah reporting for a while now um That'll, that'll do us for this September issue of Jurassic Minutes. If there's more news, if there's anything important, we'll release it at the second September issue. If not, we'll just uh, bump it forward to the October's issue. But uh, Dave, if that's it, we'll get out of here for the day. Sure. All right.